Do you ever wonder if you're saved? Or what saved even means? Or what God is like? Or what Jesus did? Some people are embarrassed to ask these really basic questions, but please don't be. They're the most important questions you could ever ask. And that's why I want to give you a brand new copy of this little book I wrote called The Basics. Uh, you can get your paper copy or your digital copy or your audio copy or your video version just by going to timeofgrace.org slash the basics. Three hours had passed and Gabby was still scrolling through her phone. Back and forth she went, first social media posts, then over to silly cat videos, and then back to social media again, over and over and over again. She looked through her phone, and yet she found no one liking or clicking on her posts. She found nothing to inspire her or or help her through her life. And Gabby didn't know what to make of it. She was searching for some kind of purpose, some kind of meaning in her life, and and nothing seemed to help. The thought kept rolling through Gabby's mind. What do I even matter? Do those thoughts ever cross your mind? Maybe you've had a bad stretch a couple days in a row that aren't going your way. Or maybe you are really struggling right now, maybe even suffering to the point of Job in the Bible who had so many horrible things happen to him. Maybe you're somewhere in between like Gabby and you're searching for some kind of meaning or purpose in life. We live in a broken world, a world broken by sin, and we ourselves are broken by sin. And that means we're going to have sad days and we're going to have bad days. Sometimes we're going to have tragic days. And through all these troubles, it's no fun to wonder and and to worry, is it even worth it? Am I even worth it? Do I matter at all? Well, this week I want to answer that question. I want to answer it so clearly that there are no doubts in your mind. So let me start today and answer that question for you. The answer is yes. Yes, you do matter. And the first reason today that that you do matter that, that I want to share with you is because God gave you life. You probably know there are a lot of people in this world who think that we are here just randomly by chance. It's like a a random shake of the DNA dice and and some view us as nothing more than another mammal or a higher level of, of species or animal. But God has so much more to say to you and I want to take you all the way back to the very beginning and maybe today sometime, go to the beginning of your Bible. It's easy to find. It's the first page. And read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And and for those 10 or 20 minutes, just think through as you're reading how powerfully and perfectly and precisely God made everything in all creation. And what was the crowning jewel? What was the little cherry on top that God placed onto his creation? It was human beings. He formed humans last and very differently and very specially. It says that he made Adam and Eve in his own image and likeness. Now, that doesn't mean that, that they were twins, that they looked the same when, when they looked at each other or looked in the mirror. But what that means is that they carried the righteousness of God. They were righteous like God. And what is more, they, they reflected his glory as one who created them so specially and so perfectly. When we're thinking about the question, 
do I even matter? What's the point? Do I have any value? The first answer is most definitely yes, because God is the one who gave you life. And, and just as he breathed into Adam and Eve the breath of life and, and gave them a spirit, making them distinct from animals, so also he did for you. When you were conceived and, and born into this world, you came into this world with life, but also with a spirit, which makes you different than any other creature in this world. And there's one more thing I want you to think about when, when you're thinking about the life that God gave you, and that's how special your life is specifically. So if you read a little bit of Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and the creation account today, maybe, maybe go to Psalm 139. It partners with it so perfectly. And I'm going to read for you just two verses here. This is verse 13 of Psalm 139. King David writes this, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you get the picture of that psalm? That God is like a fine needle worker, that he knit us together. Everything about you, your chromosomes, your cells, your DNA, all of your features, you are fearfully and wonderfully made because God made you just the way he wanted you to be. The psalm goes on to say that, that even before a moment, a day of your life began, God knew every day, he knew everything about you even before you started. So please understand what this means for you. Every day that you wake up is a blessing from God and a gift of his grace and a day for you to remember God designed you to be you, specifically and specially, and you matter because God gave you life. David felt sick. Not cough and sniffles sick, but a sickness down into the depths of his stomach, reaching to his very soul. His heart was pounding and his mind was racing everywhere. David was tossing and turning in his bed. It was a restless night and he couldn't sleep because David felt guilty. David knew what he had done. And you might know some of the things David had done too. They're pretty famous and they are recorded for us in the scriptures. David very infamously committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. Then he plotted to put her husband into battle to have him killed, and he was. And then he lied to cover it all up. But even though David was able for a time to cover over and hide from his sin, he couldn't hide from the Lord. That sin was gnawing away at his conscience, eating him from the inside. And maybe what was worse is that he knew God knew what he had done. David described himself as if his bones were wasting away in, in Psalm 32 and verse 3. Do you know that feeling? Do you have something that's eating away at you that when you think about it, it, it makes your mind race and your heart pound and makes you sweat a little bit? It could be something 
from your youth, something from your past that, that haunts you so much, something you regret with everything that is inside of you. Or maybe it's something you said even recently that, that you can't believe flew off of your lips or a message or an email that you sent that you can't believe flew off your fingertips. Could it be a temptation that you fall into over and over again? When we fall into these sins, sometimes repetitively, sometimes so deeply, it's enough to make us feel so worthless, so guilty, and it, it might make us wonder, do I even matter? Would God even love me? Well, friends, I want you to learn from King David and, and learn not just from his mistakes, but learn from the solution he came to know. David certainly knew his sin. He writes about it in the scriptures. We're told about it in the scriptures. But King David also clearly knew his Savior. In that same Psalm 32 where he writes about the guilt that he had and, and how his bones were crushed and wasting away, he also wrote in the first two verses how blessed is the person whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are covered over by the Lord. What, what a blessing it is to be forgiven. What a blessing it is to know the depths of God's love. David wrote about that too in, in Psalm 103. King David said that, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions, our sins from us. And as far as the heavens are above the earth, think about that, as far as the galaxies are above us, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for us. And maybe some of you might think, well, that's nice, but not for me. I've done way too much. I've sinned too much. There's no way I could be forgiven. There's no way God could love me. I'm still too worthless. But please re remember here who's paying the price, who's paying for your sin. It's not you. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who was the innocent, perfect Lamb of God who offered his life as a substitute for yours. His perfection took your place. And then he laid down that life as a sacrifice to pay for everything that you have done. The Apostle Peter, who, who sinned plenty in his life, he wrote about that in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. He talks about this lamb without blemish or defect, that he paid a price, not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood. You need to understand what this means for you and your life not only do you have value and do you have worth because God himself gave you life, physical life, where you're living and breathing and you have a soul, but you also have worth. You matter because Christ Jesus bought that soul. The fancy Bible word is he redeemed that soul. He redeemed you from sin and guilt and death and hell. He bought you to be his own. You matter because you are worth the very life of Jesus Christ himself. When, when you have guilt like King David and it's plaguing your mind, your heart, your conscience, know that it's covered over in everything that Jesus has done. You are made to be a dearly loved child of God by his grace and, and through faith in Jesus that's given to you for free. You can walk free of burden 
every day through this life knowing you matter because you are worth the life and blood of Jesus Christ himself. Lauren felt so alone. Her entire life, Lauren felt like everyone ignored her. In elementary school and middle school, no one ever picked her for dodgeball or for kickball, for their teams for recess. In high school, she got cut from almost every team or group you could possibly imagine. In the cafeteria, it seemed like no one ever wanted to eat with her or sit with her. Lauren thought maybe you'd get better in college, but her roommate loved to go out with friends and was always having a good time, and Lauren was left to be by herself, binge-watching movies or going to study in the library by herself, too. Finally, after college, Lauren was excited to enter the workforce, but yet, at the same time, she was a little bit apprehensive. Would she be ignored at work, too? Would anyone ever take notice of her at her job? Would, would anyone anywhere ever take notice of her? Did God ever notice her? As Lauren had so many questions roll through her mind, it finally started to click what her problem was. She, she was wondering, do I even matter? And there can be times in a great big world of some 8 billion people that those thoughts can enter your mind. Who, who would notice me? What value do I bring to this world? Does God notice me? Do I matter to God? Do I matter to anyone? This whole week, we're talking about that question. Do I matter? And I'm trying to tell you so clearly, the answer is most definitely yes. And in the first video of this series, I, I noted that you definitely matter because first of all, God gave you life. He gave you a soul. He specially and specifically designed you to be you. And even though we, we might feel so guilty because while I'm living in this world, I have fallen into sin, my life is so broken, you also matter because that life has been bought back through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. But there's something else now that I want you to think about. Now that you have this life in Jesus, both physical life and spiritual life, I want you to know that you matter because your life has a purpose. Listen to these words from Romans chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul who had a, a total turnaround. He was straying far from the Lord when the Lord brought him to be one of his children and sent him out to be an apostle. He learned about purpose and meaning. And here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do you get what Paul's saying there? Thinking about God's mercy, and oh man, Paul received mercy from God, and so have you, so have I. Thinking of God's mercy, it's our duty, it's our pleasure, it's our privilege that we can offer our lives in service to God. So the very Savior who offered himself as a sacrifice for us by his mercy and by his grace, he's the one that we can offer ourselves as sacrifices back to. And that totally changes the way that you live your life. 
if you think about anything that you do, your thoughts, your words, your actions, your prayers, your songs of praise to God, how you talk to other people, how you treat your spouse or your boss or your children, how you work at your job with integrity and decency and honesty. Everything that you do can bring praise and glory back to God. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, that same apostle Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What Lauren was missing out on was the purpose she can have in her life. God was still guiding her. God was still blessing her. And whether people talked to her or noticed her or picked her for the kickball team, Lauren had opportunity to glorify and praise God in what she did, to let her light shine in the world. And the same is true for you. You matter because God gave you life physically. You matter because God gave you spiritual life through his son Jesus, but you matter also because that life has a purpose. Whatever you do, wherever you go, you can glorify God. And that means your life matters. Another day, another dollar. Clock in, clock out. Get up, go to work, go home. Eat, sleep, repeat. Over and over again. Anthony was growing quite tired of the monotony of his life. Every day seemed to be the boring, same old thing all the time. He would get up way too early, drag his kids out of bed, get them something to eat as they rushed out the door and get them to school. Then he would go to a job that he sorta kinda liked but wasn't really all that bad. And then when he finished work at about the same time every day, Anthony would go home, often finding a text message from his wife to pick up some odd or end milk or eggs on the way home at the grocery store. Anthony would go home, get the kids some food, get them to bed, usually kicking and screaming again, and then pass out on the couch with the remote control in his hand. Every day, the same boring thing over and over again. And, and Anthony started to have questions rolling through his mind. What am I even doing here? What's the point of all this? Surely other people can do my job. Am I even that good of a worker? Do people really need me? Does my wife really need me? Am I even that good of a husband or a father? And the thought kept rolling through Anthony's mind, what's the point? Do I even matter? I think this can happen kind of fast, can't it? You get stuck in the grind of life and it's go, 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 and you do work stuff and family stuff and the monotony of life can be so boring and you wonder in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, what am I really doing here? What's the point? What's the purpose in my life? Do I matter at all? This whole week we're answering that question and, and the answer is still most definitely yes, you matter. And I've been talking about the fact that you matter because God gave you life. He gave you physical life. He gave you spiritual life. In the previous video of this series, I also noted that you have 
value, that you matter because your life has purpose. Everything you do can glorify and praise God. But there's another angle of this that I want you to consider. I suppose it's like the opposite side of the same coin. Your life matters because you have purpose, not only to serve God and glorify and praise God, but also so that you can love and serve other people. Maybe sometime today, read the great love book of the Bible, 1 John, especially 1 John chapter 4. Maybe read some of those verses today, and I want to read just one and a half verses for you. This is from 1 John chapter 4 in verse 11. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then jumping into verse 12, it says, If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And then famously, it also says, We love because he first loved us. Do you get what the Apostle John, sometimes called the Apostle of Love, is saying here? We love other people because God has loved us so much, like, like a pitcher of water pouring into a cup and filling it up and spilling over, brimming over with excess water. So God has filled our hearts with his love through Jesus Christ. And that love then spills out over into other people. And we get to show them love in everything we do. I think it's so neat that John says God's love is made complete in us, in what we do. It was the famous theologian Martin Luther who once said it this way. He said that we are Christ's masks in this world. I think that's such a profound thought. That since Jesus is no longer visibly walking around in this world, now the Lord Jesus hides behind you and, and behind me as if we are his masks. And he uses us to show love to other people in this world. This was the, the purpose and the value and the meaning to life that, that Anthony was missing out on. Let, let's think about Anthony, how he got up early every day and got his kids out of bed and got them breakfast and got them off to school. Well, that's God providing for these children through Anthony. And then when Anthony went to work, even though he didn't really love his job all that much, the kindness that he showed to his co-workers and how he treated them with respect and how he worked for the good and the benefit of his boss and, and for the company, that was Jesus shining through Anthony to all those people to be a light in that workplace. Or when Anthony would come home and, oh, another day, I got to stop for milk or eggs at the grocery store. But, but when Anthony would go to that store and, and he would smile politely at the nice old lady who's checking out his groceries and talk to her with respect and ask how her day is doing, she doesn't always get treated that way. And so that's Jesus wrapping his arms of love around that checkout lady at the grocery store through Anthony. And at the end of the day, when Anthony is tired and exhausted mentally and physically, and he's wondering what's the purpose and the point of life, and he still finds time to put his arms around his wife and to hug her and say, how was your day today? And to listen to her with intent. That's the Lord Jesus building up and encouraging his wife through what Anthony did. You see, this is the extraordinary thing about your life. Everything you do, 
everywhere you go, everyone you talk to is an opportunity for you to show the love of Jesus. It could be the most monotonous, boring, simple thing in life, and yet it's still God working through you to other people in the world. You are the hands and the feet and the mouth of God in this world, the mask that Jesus hides behind. Do you see how much value there is? Every moment of your life, from the time you wake up every day to the time you sleep, every single day of your life, that's your opportunity not only to glorify God, but to be the love of Christ to others in the world. This is why you matter, because Christ shines in you and Christ shines through you in this world. Tanya had weathered the storms of life for more than five decades now. And as she had yet another birthday approaching with an age and a number that was way too high for her liking, Tanya took a little time for some reflection. Her life had flown by in what seemed like the blink of an eye. Her kids were all grown up and, and out of the house. They had their own kids at, at this point. Tanya's marriage was doing pretty well. There were some highs and lows, some rocky times, but overall it was, it was doing well. It was pretty okay. Tanya was nearing the end of her working career. She hoped to retire in just a few years. And so as she looked backwards and forwards in her life, she started to wonder, where is this all going? What do I have to look forward to or to be excited about in life? What, what's the point or what do I even matter anymore in this life? I think those kinds of thoughts can happen really fast. You know, I think when, when we're young, there's so much to be excited about. You can think about when maybe you were in middle school and you're thinking about being 16 years old or 18 years old, or then you think about going to college, getting a degree, getting a career, a job, uh, having a, a spouse, having children, all these things to look forward to and be excited about, but then boom, life flashes so fast before your eyes and before you know it, been there, done that. I mean, I like to think that I'm still kind of young, but you know, I've done all those things already. And so it's easy to, to wonder, what am I even looking forward to now? What's there to be excited about? What, what's the point? What do I matter anymore in this life? Well, the Lord your God wants you to know that you have plenty to be excited about in your life, and there's a lot to look forward to. And I want to share one very famous and one very comforting verse with you. It's from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Maybe you know this verse. Here's what God has to say. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, Please understand, this very famous, very comforting Bible verse is one of the most misunderstood verses in the whole Bible. It's all over in Christian artwork, in homes and in jewelry, t-shirts, clothing, apparel, the whole deal. And a lot of people think that when God is saying, I know the plans I have for you to give you hope in the future, that this means God's going to make me successful. God's going to bless me immeasurably in this life. 
And I'm never going to have any pains or problems because God knows the plans. That's not exactly what God is saying in this verse. When God says he has plans to prosper you and give you hope in a future, he, he's not talking about Porsches and mansions or big retirement accounts. Really what God is talking about is heaven. God is saying that he knows the plans for your life. He knows how the whole story is going to unfold. He's the master author and he knows all your days. He knows your story and best of all, he knows the ending. He knows that you're going to be with him forever in heaven. And as he knows the story and knows the ending, he has plans for how you're going to get from point A, where you are right now, to point B with him forever in heaven. And that's the prosperity. That's the hope. That's the future that God has for you. We've been talking this whole week about why you matter. And I want you to think about the whole span of your life now, from the very beginning when you were conceived and given life and given a soul and a spirit and, and designed specifically and specially, you matter because God gave you that life. And then like everyone else in this world, you, I, we all sin. We sin against our God. We break his holy will. We feel guilty about this. But you also matter because you've been made to be a child of God most high. His own son, Jesus Christ, came to this world to buy you back from death and hell. You are worth the life and the blood of Jesus Christ. And then as your days are carrying out, whether you're young or middle-aged or old and maybe even toward the end of your life, all your days matter because you have a purpose, a purpose to glorify God and to love and, and to serve other people. And so all the while, in the span of your entire life, from very beginning to very end, God is working in the background. He knows the plans from the start to the end, from the first word to the end of the last chapter. God knows it all. He's working all for your good, and he's leading you on toward your heavenly home. What an amazing, incredible God that we have. We, we might seem to be and, and think that we're, we're mere nothings in a great big universe among so many people, what do I really even matter? But God tells you, you have extraordinary worth because he gives it to you. He gives you life and breath. He gives you a soul. He gives you eternity with him. And he gives you a purpose to live for him here in this world. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, the Bible says. And as children of God, we have purpose. What an incredible blessing to know that because God shows his love to you and in you and through you, the answer to the question is so clear. You matter. <laughs>